0: Carl, uh, what is your reaction to the president saying the Mueller probe never should have started in the first place?
1: <laughs> Making the world a better place, <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. This is Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Warner Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad.
2: All right. Thank you, Denver, for that introduction. Uh, excuse me.
1: I'm very much my this I don't know. I must have... Uh, I don't know. Anyway... Excuse
2: me.
1: Yeah, I'm all right. Um, Anyway, (laughs) welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Um, It's been one of those days, folks. It's it's, it's great weather in the city of Chicago, but it's cold. It's cold for this time of year. This is supposed to be spring, and it's cold. And I'm hearing Trump will be indicted sometime during the spring. I'm hearing that. I don't know if it's going to happen. You know, I've said it about two or three weeks ago before spring started. I heard this from a reliable source that everything that's been reliable has not been reliable so far when it comes to Donald Trump. So we'll just have to wait and see if that remains to be true. And we'll just have to wait and see if that remains to be true. And I'm hearing, I'm hearing right now that Trump has fired somebody else. <laughs> I mean, you can't get over the first guy or woman that's been fired out of, from the Trump White House before there's another person fired from the Trump, Trump White House. Yes, yeah, someone else has been fired. This White House, folks, this White House is in total, total disarray. It's totally, totally chaos. Trump tries to say it's not, but it is. This guy's firing people like this must be some kind of game to Donald Trump. It must be some kind of I mean, he acts as if he's still on his television program, The Apprentice, where his famous words were, you're fired, you're fired. This guy, but this is the White House. This is not a game show, but he's, he has, I'm hearing that he has rearranged, uh, just just uh, rearranged the White House in, you know, in so many ways. I, I think he, in my estimation, I'm going to say the guy trashed the White House. I mean, I think he trashed it, you know, and with um, Kelly Conway and all these thugs and mugs running around there kissing his behind. This guy has has trashed the White House. He keeps on firing people who do not agree with him, who will not kiss his ass, who wants to be independent of him. You know, he, they want to do their job without him breathing down their necks. But Donald Trump wants people around him who's going to lie for him. He wants people around him who's going to cover shit up for him. He wants people around him that's going to uh, j- just basically, you know, uh, he's a dictator. He wants to be like uh, Kim Jong-un. He wants to be like uh, Vladimir Putin of Russia. He wants to dictate stuff. He don't, He don't. What he says, he wants to go, but that's not the way it's going to be in the United States. We do have a constitution. I'm pretty sure that the Republicans are trying to find ways to rip it up But it's not gonna happen before the midterms. It's not gonna happen before everybody votes. And there's no doubt about it, the Republicans are working overtime because they're hell bent on trying to suppress the vote, to keep you from voting and to keep those young people out there who was marching uh, in that historic uh, protest and march on Saturday, uh, Saturday, uh, March 24th. And it was beautiful. Now, Now they're trying to stop those people from voting. They're trying to figure out a way. Uh, that one of the ways that they're trying to figure out is messing with the census, the 2020 census, adding a question in Trump administration, adding a question into the 2020 census that's going to dis, uh, uh, be a miscount of people in America. I mean, if you're in America, whether you're an immigrant, whether you're uh, uh, legal or non-legal, you should be counted. Uh, the Trump administration, they don't want that. They want states to lose representation. They want states to lose funds, and and they want to try to keep gerrymandering, which I, which in my estimation, is a way for uh, the Republicans to try to cheat their way back into office or into office in the first place. And it is just awful the way. Uh, I just can't keep reiterating how awful, awful it is to. Every day to hear that somebody's being fired from the White House and 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 talk about nobody wanting to work for Donald Trump. I think there's about about five or six uh, attorneys, federal attorneys, uh, 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 lawyers who uh, turned Trump down when he asked them for their representation uh, to to represent him in this uh, investigation. Nobody wants to work for Trump. They don't want to get fired and this is one of the reasons why nobody wants to work for trump because they know trump will they don't want to get fired by trump i mean you get fired by trump it's just like your reputation is tarnished it, it, if you go looking for a job whether you're a lawyer or or whatever and you tell them that on your resume saying that you worked for trump you worked for the white house they may not hire you and and i'm hearing that this has happened this has happened Trump is not a good reference for anyone because majority of the people in America, 75 to 80 percent of people in America, believe Trump is guilty. Why would you want to go work for somebody who's guilty and then tarnish your reputation? Why would, why would you want to go work with somebody uh, uh, who's, who you know is guilty, who's going to ask you to lie for him, uh, a cover up for him? And the only thing he's going to offer you is more money. I think Stormy Daniels is going to take this guy down. Uh, Stormy Daniels, uh, the her lawyer says he's got so much shit on Donald Trump, it's a shame. He's just waiting to show it. It's more it's more there than just this 60-minute interview on Sunday. It's more there. So uh, we just have to wait. I, I want to see what he's got because he sounds credible. The guy, I can't think of his name, but he sounds very credible uh stormy daniels uh attorney sounds very very credible and he's kicking the shit out of uh, trump's lawyers he's saying i got something i got this you got you guys better be cool i'm going to bring it out i'm going to spring it out but i don't think he's going to say anything about it he's trying to see if trump if trump and his lawyers are going to show their hand and if you notice, in the last few days trump has not been tweeting a damn thing he's not he has not been on the tweeter and everybody is surprised by that, you know, because the last time we heard from Trump on tw- on, 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 uh, on Twitter, well, he has been tweeting, but he hasn't been tweeting so much about people who are blasting him. He hasn't been tweeting about Stormy Daniels. He hasn't been tweeting about Stormy Daniels' lawyer, uh, people he felt that he should be hitting back at. He hasn't uh, been tweeting about Robert Mueller since the Republicans and Democrats in Congress threaten his ass with losing his presidency presidency if he tries to fire Mueller. He hasn't said one thing after that. I got I got a feeling that he may be this is a long shot, but I got a feeling the reason why Donald Trump isn't tweeting about certain events that he usually can't stop tweeting about. I think he may be listening to his lawyers. And he may be thinking that he's really, really, really in deep crap and he better keep his mouth shut. But I can say this, Donald Trump, all of his tweets, all of his past tweets uh, about obstructing justice and all of this kind of thing. Is going to come back at him. It's going to come back to bite him, in his, bit, bite him in his ass. This is one of the reasons why a lot of people don't want to represent him, because he's going to be tweeting his ass off, and as he's tweeting, he's hurting his own case. And I'm pretty sure his lawyers have told him that. You're hurting your own case. And that's I'm pretty sure that's why a lot of lawyers don't want to work for him, because he will not listen to their advice. But he may list, be listening now, because he know he he is in it now with Stormy Daniels, and not being able to stop Robert Mueller from this Russia investigation, which I do think is gonna end up on following the money. I'm hearing money laundering, I'm hearing uh, collusion, I'm hearing lying, I'm hearing traitor, um, all of this, uh, obstruction of justice, of course, all of this, Stormy Daniels, and, and there's more shit. I mean, he's got so many lawsuits, people suing him, There's people who have have sued them and still waiting on their paychecks or to be paid. Trump has been a, I don't know how he continued to be rich, but he is a horrible businessman. And we all know that. We all know that. He's a horrible businessman. He's a horrible manager. And now he's horribly managing the United States. I'm hearing now that he's going after Amazon. Now, why in the hell would he's picking he's picking on Amazon and I'm heard and I, I'm hearing that Amazon stocks have dropped. Because. Uh, of the news that Trump is going after Amazon, the stock dropped. This is his war on America. Anything we like, anything we love, anything we have to have, anything that we have to depend on for life, Trump is going after. Trump is trying to get into because he knows we don't like him, he doesn't like us, and his biggest war is with us, the American people. But he will lose. The reason why I say he's going to lose, because he's got all of this shit uh, uh, coming out. Stormy Daniels, gonna uh, he, her, her lawyer, uh, Robert Mueller, the investigations, all of this stuff, the suits. He got, he has court dates. He's been sued. He's been, he has to go to court. He has, he's being d- deposed. Uh, it's so much crap. It's just swirling around my brain. I can't even get it out clearly. I've I never seen anything like this. I'm pretty sure a lot of Americans, we've never seen anything like this. We've never seen anything like this that's coming out of the Trump White House. Never. There are some people talking about 1864. <laughs> this, this, this kind of thing has happened. This guy is the worst of the worst. What can I tell you, folks? You've been listening to the George Walter Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Um, we, I have a clip here on Amy Schumer i don't know if it's loud enough thank you specific. students
2: and everyone here for standing up and saying no more because we know it's hard and we know they will twist our words and laugh at us and lie and lie and lie and lie and lie, and lie. how do they sleep at well, night you get
1: that right the lying part right <laughs> you are
2: killing children and they call people like me Hollywood liberals. I don't know if you can like, hear this. We have to turn up your volume, but
1: he's well, a in lot of things here. But anyway, we'll be right back. Our You' gonna be out there a
2: while. Oh, well. you. Oh. It is cold out there, right?
1: Okay, Veterans Affairs Secretary David Sulkin ousted from the White House. This is something. I mean, even the pundits, um, uh, the cable news, the I mean, um the, the cable news uh shows, talk shows, they're having a hard time keeping up with Donald Trump and his his destruction of the White House and his destruction of America. The guy is just He's nuts and, and he's, he's got to go. The guy's crazy. He has to go. He's a nut. He's not fit uh, to to be running uh, the United States, maybe a shoe shop or something somewhere, but not the United States. Uh, Sulkin has been the subject of an investigation over ethic violations involving a trip to Europe. I heard of anything such as a reprimand? Or giving someone a warning not to do that again, giving them giving them another chance, another try, instead of just outright, blatantly firing people when he doesn't have uh, anyone to that experience to replace these people with that he's been firing. Secretary of Veterans Affairs David Shukin, if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, is the latest to depart President Donald Trump's Turbulent White House. The press is saying it's turbulent. I'm saying it's a mess. I'm saying it's all effed up. Uh, but if you ask crazy Donald Trump, unfit Donald Trump, everything's fine. Nothing's wrong. Everybody wants to work for me. Everybody. No, they do not. The president announced Sulkin's termination in a post on Twitter. He fires people on Twitter instead of. You know, asking people to walk, uh, you know, into his office and sitting them down, you know, sitting at his desk, someone sitting across from his desk and just, you know, out of the spotlight, out of the public glare in in a private setting. That's how you fire people. You don't fire people online, on Twitter. And that's what he's been doing. He's been firing people on Twitter. And people have been learning of their termination. On Twitter and when they're out of town, when they're thinking that they have a job and suddenly they're hearing on the nightly news that they've been fired. This is no way to fire somebody. If you're going to fire somebody, uh, have the courage and the nerve to at least do it to their face, not on Twitter, not in the media. You're going to fire somebody, and that's the worst way of getting fired. That's embarrassing. You know, and That's just crazy. He does it on Twitter. The, and Donald – and obviously, I, I said earlier that he was probably listening to his lawyers, his attorneys. He's not. I just found – because he just tweeted that he fired this guy, another person from the White House. The revolving door is still revolving. Someone said that Trump has a hiring problem. He doesn't know how to vet people. He doesn't know how to get the best people to do the job. Right now, I'm hearing that the replacement for the guy he just fired is is someone named Admiral Ronnie L. Jackson, the presidential physician. He's hiring his doctor, his doc, to take this guy's place. Now, what the hell does his doctor know about um, veteran affairs? he hires he he fires people who have some sort of semblance some semblance of experience in the post that they're working then he fires them and puts someone inexperienced in that post like betsy Duvall. she knows nothing whatsoever about education or or, or students or, or or learning or anything ben carson the, He's the Secretary of Housing, Urban Development. He knows Jack. He knows Jack. Only thing these people know how to do that he p- appoints to these cabinet posts is spend taxpayer money. That's all they know how to abuse it. Like Ben Carson, $31,000 worth of furniture on the taxpayer dime. And then he goes back, then when he gets 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 in a hot chair. He says he blames it on his wife. <laughs> Man, this is the kind of people that Donald Trump hires. He and and as I've said, he he only hires the people who he, uh, he only hires. Excuse me, he only hires the people that he knows going to be loyal to him. Sign a disclosure this, this agreement, he, and everybody around Trump signs some sort of a, a hush agreement. Uh. If they're working close uh, in proximity to him, like his staff, for instance, cooking staff, cleaning staff, all of these folks I have been hearing want to quit the White House. However, they feel that nobody will hire them because they have a maniac. <laughs> they have a, uh, uh, they work for Donald Trump, put it that way, and they don't want, and and he's not a good reference. He's a bad reference. And that's understandable because, as I've just got through saying, five or six lawyers, including one from Illinois, have has turned Trump down. To represent him in the Russia probe, and they turned him down. I don't blame him. If Trump came to me and offered me a job in the White House working with them, I would turn it down. I wouldn't want to, you would think that working in the White House and working proximity to the president is a great achievement. It's a dream job come true. It is, but not with this clown. Not with Donald Trump. Donald Trump has, I mean, you don't even want to tell your young child, of, hey, one day you're going to grow up to be president. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you won't. At least not in this uh not in the Trump era. We we got to get rid of Trump. One of the things and just uh, fumigate the White House and air freshener after he's gone, because he has really really screwed it up. Trump has really Trumpetized the White House. He doesn't really want to call it the Trump Tower or something. The White House Trump Tower. He wants to rename it, but we're not going to let him do that. And uh, and. A lot of these republic- a lot of these politicians, excuse me, a lot of these politicians, a lot of them do not believe that they are public servants. They're public servants. They work for us. But lately, it seems as though a lot of these politicians have been working for the NRA. That's their bosses. We vote them in. They become bought and paid off by the NRAs and also the President of the United States. He takes money from them also. Donald Trump has broke so many constitutional laws it's a damn shame. And I said yesterday, it should be, uh, I mean, mean, when a politician break the law, uh, the Constitution law or break any kind of law, ethics, finance laws, money laws, anything like that, they should be fired immediately. We shouldn't have to wait till the next election to vote these people out. They should be out. I mean, if you did something at your job that wasn't right, that that wasn't ethical, that was criminal, the supervisor or the manager will fire you on the spot. you will be gone on the spot. Why do Why do we have to uh, wait a, a year, or two years, to vote a criminal, someone who's corrupt, out of the White House or out of Congress? We sh- it should be able to. Happen immediately. Maybe somebody will pick up on that idea and do something about it. All right, you've been listening to the George Walter Jr. show on Block Talk Radio. Um, Let's see if we can go with Carl Bernstein here.
0: Action to the president saying the Mueller probe never should have started in the first place.
3: He said that all along, and he's determined to shut it down. Those who are closest to him will tell you it's very hard for them to stop his rages, especially in the last couple of weeks, about Mueller, and that they say to me and others that, that he is determined to shut this investigation down. He hasn't quite figured out how to do it, but he's determined to do it. And the real question here is uh, whether the rule of law uh, and the avoidance of a constitutional, a real constitutional crisis, which we're really approaching here, because he is saying, essentially, he is not going to be held accountable to the law, that the law does not apply to him, that this uh, investigation is in itself illegal. And he believes, as Jeff Greenfield Greenfield has just said, uh, that he can convince his base and a lot of the Republican Party that he doesn't have to be held accountable because they will be convinced as well that this is a witch hunt and in fact it's anything but and one of the reasons we're seeing what we are right now is the president according to those around him uh... has expressed the belief uh, or certainly the attitude that he thinks this investigation is closing in on him on his family and in, on his businesses and there's real evidence uh... circumstantial that this is the case and certainly lawyers involved in this uh, for other defendants believe that is the case and also that a set of indictments uh, is just over the horizon now who, the, how, how, high how do you or know that you that say that a set go, of indictments on the way is, is over the horizon yes i think that that certainly that other lawyers involved in this believe that a new set of indictments is uh, if not imminent very close uh, but we don't know for sure that that's going to happen uh, and, and you got to wait until something is fi- filed with the court. But certainly the belief around the president in the White House, those who talk to him, is that he is expressing the attitude that he needs to shut this thing down. He hasn't tried, figured out the way to do it yet, uh, except to appeal to this base. Because we are in this country, as Jeff's comments indicated, Uh, In the midst of a cold civil war, a cultural and political cold civil war, and Donald Trump, it predates Donald Trump, but he has exploited it brilliantly uh, and takes advantage of it. And the other thing that's involved here, and, and I'll let you ask another question and stop talking here in a second, is that this is very much about lying. that that one of the things that we've seen, even with uh, the Prime Minister of Canada in the last week, is the compulsive or endemic lying by the President of the United States. And he tells us there's no collusion here. There's nothing here. Uh, In fact, we have, from the record, you can say this journalistically, as a repertorial fact, whether you're on Fox, CNN, or MSNBC, it doesn't matter. The repertorial fact is this President lies. And why do we have any reason to believe that he's not lying about the Russia investigation and what's underneath it. We have less reason to believe him than we do the witnesses, the journalists, and the evidence that we've seen so far. It doesn't mean that there's evidence yet that we have seen of definitive collusion. But Mueller, I think we can we can say is trying to build a vast narrative of Trump, mm. his business, And his uh, political aspirations in dealing with the Russians from the beginning, getting money from people who are Russians, ethno-Russians, and then running for office, and how all of these pieces of the puzzle fit together.
2: I could listen to you all day, Carl. But well, you brought up I, I lies. Went on there. So let's Pardon
3: go me.
0: through some of the lies from this week. I, I made a sure. list of these. There's different kinds of lies, right, Carl? The, the RNC's talking points for this weekend, for example. I got a hold of the talking points. Uh, let me put it on screen. It says, Despite the media's fixation with White House palace intrigue, there is no chaos in the Trump administration. Obviously, that's not true, but that's just a kind of silly lie, right? That's spin. On
2: well, the other hand, there's lies of the series-
1: All right, stop it there,
2: folks.
0: Breaking news this hour, special counsel Robert Mueller has subpoenaed the Trump organization now to turn over documents, including some related to Russia. Now, this is all according to the New York Times, and it marks the first known time that Mueller has requested documents directly related to the president's businesses. Our Jessica Schneider is with us, as well as Jeff Zelani standing by. I want to start with you, Jeff, as we're getting ready for. So far, the only person who's given a full account of what the president said yesterday, is the one Democrat who was president, who was present? Illinois Senator Dick Durbin, a leading advocate for DREAMers and other immigrant groups. In a series of press appearances this morning, Durbin recounted exactly what happened inside the Oval Office.
4: The president came into the Oval Office, and Senator Lindsey Graham and I made our presentation. As Senator Graham made I'm Keith Olbermann and this is The Resistance. I'm confident now, even more so than I have been throughout the last year, that this nightmare presidency of Donald John Trump will end prematurely and end soon, and I am thus also confident that this is the correct moment to end this series of commentaries. The important stuff first. There are seven routes in front of Trump. Each inevitably ends in his impeachment or resignation. The first, the likeliest, became a thousand times more likely with the Thanksgiving news of a possible deal between Robert Mueller and General Michael Flynn. As I reported here as long ago as April 4th, the most specifically qualified expert alive on the subject of prosecuting a president, my friend, the Nixon White House counsel, John Dean, put it to me very simply, Mueller is not shooting down Mueller does not make a deal with Flynn to get Paul Manafort. He does not make a deal with Flynn to get Jared Kushner. He does not make a deal with Flynn to get Trump Jr. Mueller makes a deal with Flynn to get Donald Trump, period. The Flynn deal report suggests Mueller has completely assembled the backbone of his case and is now just hanging the meat from it. And just as importantly, if Flynn has merely considered a deal from Mueller, it almost necessarily means Flynn either doesn't believe he would get a pardon from Trump, or that Mueller, as I've also reported here, has succeeded in finding a way around Trump's pardon power, and either of these near-certainties spell Trump's doom. So that's the most obvious of the seven ways for Trump to go now. Mueller really will get him on Russia. It will be ugly, and it will tear this country nearly apart, but it will be necessary. The second way is, as I have also repeatedly suggested here, that Mueller doesn't really need to prove anything about Trump and Russian sabotage of the election. There seems to be so much obstruction of justice, from the firing of James Comey to the lies about Trump Jr.'s meetings with the Russians, that it's hard to pick out a key player in the Trump inner circle who could not be guilty of it. Trump could be impeached on just obstruction of justice and a few lesser charges, Nixon was about to be. Or there is a third way. We could be spared the trauma of a Russia impeachment or an obstruction of justice impeachment as we were spared it with Nixon. If Trump is smart or just sufficiently scared enough and he resigns, or if he isn't, those around him who could still sell themselves by selling him out will force him to resign. A modified version of this, of course, is the fourth possible outcome that even if Mueller is months away from his denouement, the Republicans will impeach or remove Trump by spring purely to save their own asses. The state elections in Virginia and Oklahoma earlier this month show what could face Republican incumbents nationwide next November. Not only were Democratic victories overwhelming, but half of them were little morality plays. The 26-year-old lesbian beats the Republican in the district Trump won by nearly 40 points a year ago. The transgendered candidate in Virginia beats the guy who wrote an anti-equality bathroom bill. The boyfriend of a news reporter shot to death on camera beats the Republican pro-NRA candidate. I'll say it again. Richard Nixon was not forced out of office by Democrats, not really even by Watergate. Democrats controlled the Senate and the House every day Richard Nixon was president. They could have impeached him at any point. He resigned when the leading Republicans went into the White House and told him that not only would he be impeached and convicted, but he would take all of them down with him and they were not going to let him do that. So that's the fourth way out. Trump becomes more of an albatross to Republicans and more importantly more of a rallying cry to Democrats and the Republicans remove him before the midterms, and then, boastfully, run for re-election on having removed him. The fifth endgame is the same thing, only faster. The Republicans around him pull off that palace coup that is perfectly legal under the 25th Amendment, and Mike Pence and Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell eject Trump by simply stating he is unfit and getting their majorities to agree he's unfit. And if you don't think Pence and Ryan and McConnell would do that, you didn't see Trump's crazy tweet about the Man of the Year award or this thing in front of the Native Americans on Monday, and you you don't know Pence and Ryan and McConnell. The sixth means by which Trump leaves early is, of course, that if the Republicans don't impeach Trump before the midterms, the Democrats will be able to, after the midterms, If Virginia and New Jersey and Oklahoma are indicators, the Democrats could take the House and might need as few as 25 vulnerable Republicans in the Senate to vote guilty to remove Trump from office. But now there is a seventh new path to destruction for Trump, and it has bubbled up from the sewer of his life recently. And even with how Teflon he has been on this particular subject, it seems hard to believe the dam won't break. His sexual conduct. As not one snowball, but a decade's worth of them have come down that hill, wiping out all the sleaze bags and emboldening and empowering the victims, it seems impossible to believe that some claimant somewhere does not have tangible evidence against Trump and that they won't say to hell with it and break one of those non-disclosure agreements and Trump will suddenly be envying Harvey Weinstein. Trump himself inadvertently has hinted at this. The New York Times buried the lead on this over the weekend. But it reported that earlier this year, Trump told a senator that the Access Hollywood pussy grabber tape was a fake. And he has said the same thing again recently to a White House staffer. He's obviously trying to work the refs of public opinion in advance for whatever is coming next, from a woman here or from Russia. So, I don't see any way out for Trump. Seven freight trains rushing at him. He might avoid a few. He might avoid six of them. He's not going to dance his way out from under all seven. And we, I think, should try to put ourselves in the mindset of those Americans who knew Richard Nixon was guilty as hell after John Dean finished testifying on June 27th, 1973. But we're all left wondering if there would ever be a way to prove it. And we're left listening to a majority of the country saying Dean was lying and left watching nearly the entirety of the gullible news media saying, this was nonsense. Why would a president, even one as crazy as Nixon, ever do this? And more importantly, even if he were somehow guilty, how would he ever be dumb enough to leave any evidence of his guilt? And 16 days later, it turned out... Virtually everything in the Oval Office had been taped, and the ball game was over, even though it would last another 13 months. Well this ball game is also over, and I don't think it's going to last another 13 months. And so this series is over. This was intended as something temporary, a two-month project by somebody who had given up politics, and instead it became... 187 commentaries and around 225,000 words and something approaching 400 million views and I am proud of it and I repudiate none of it. Yeah, we're it proud of you my too, privilege maybe, to do but, it and uh, I'm you know, we you proud back, to have done these videos for free and for charity. But frankly, I have not enjoyed 1 minute of it. As I'm certain it has also been for you for me, it has been unadulterated pain and revulsion and horror. The process has become nearly 24-7, and I've said so much that I can and have recycled old commentaries from months ago, and they have been fully applicable to breaking news. We've come full circle to such a complete degree that on Sunday, Trump tweeted a complaint about, quote, Russia, Russia, Russia. The title of the 46th episode of The Resistance from last March 14th was, quote, Russia, Russia, Russia. I've made my point. So now that I think the outcomes, the seven different inevitable outcomes, are unavoidable, I'd like to go back and enjoy some of my life again, mm. and I'm going to. No illness, no scandal, no firing, just I've said what I've had to say. It was as obvious as made <laughs> okay. it seen. I give All my right. work everything I can, so it's not like I can dial it back. And I think even this dim-witted yeah. world of American political TV reporting, which is still calculating how to get Trump's idiot supporters to watch their networks and still waiting for Trump to pivot, even it can carry this the rest of the way. So I am retiring from political commentary in all media venues. This is wow. to say a bed of roses and reconciliation awaits us. The post-Trump mm-hmm. America will be relieved of his prodigious evil, but in its place it will have Trump as living martyr. That prodigious evil and rank hypocrisy and immorality of his supporters, perhaps a third of us, will not vanish with him, and I'm not sure that the democracy has not been damaged too much to deal with their lawless, unprincipled rebellion, and I do not see this country's politics truly healing in the next 30 or 40 years. But at least the bleeding will be staunched, and we will have a chance to alter a phrase I heard somewhere, to make America, America again. Thank you for all the kind
2: words.
1: All right, talk to you. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, um, the George Wilder Jr. Show has uh, now
2: arrived. (laughs)
0: Democratic Congresswoman Frederica Wilson of Florida. Congresswoman, thanks so much for making time for us this morning. Good morning. So I want to just, before we get into the specifics of what General Kelly said, I just want to get your thoughts on everything that has transpired over the past 48 hours. This very public fight that you seem to be engaged in with President Trump and General Kelly. President Trump just last night, in case you missed it, at about 11 p.m., tweeted about you, he says the fake news is going crazy with wacky Congresswoman Wilson, a Democrat, who was secretly on a very personal call and gave a total lie on content. What's your response to all of this? You know, uh,
5: my emphasis today is on my constituents and helping them lay our hero to rest. That's where my head is today and I'm also concerned about him and his last moments. I want to know why he was separated from the rest of the soldiers. Why did it take 48 hours for them to find him? Was he still alive? Was he kidnapped? What's going on? I thought you were supposed to put your comrade across your shoulder and get on the helicopter with the dead and the wounded. Why did they leave him? I am distraught and so is the family. There are so many questions that must be answered. And I have written a letter for an investigation. They keep saying to me, oh, we're going to give you a classified briefing. I can hardly wait for that classified briefing, because I am concerned about my constituent today, and I am concerned that he is not able to have an open casket Mm. funeral, and that is very painful to his family.
0: Oh, we can only imagine how devastating all of this has been for his family. And you're not alone. Look, Senator John McCain, so many people are calling for an investigation into exactly what happened here, so those questions can be answered. But I'm curious, Congresswoman, did you hear General Kelly's remarks in the press briefing room yesterday? I heard his remarks, and I
5: heard him say that I bragged that I uh, secured the money for the building of the FBI uh, building in Miramar, and that's a lie. You know, I feel sorry for General Kelly. He has my sympathy for the loss of his son, but he can't just go on TV and lie on me. I was not even in Congress in 2009 when the money for the building was secured. So that's a lie. How dare he? However, I named the building uh, at the behest of Director Comey with the help of speaker boehner working across party lines so he didn't tell the truth and he needs to stop
0: telling lies on me well his point was i think that uh and though he, you're right he didn't get the facts right on that was that empty barrels make the most noise and he was using that and he was likening that to you basically that you're Making- I think that's a, that's a racist
5: term, too. I, I'm thinking about that when uh, we looked it up in the dictionary because I had never heard of an empty barrel. And I don't like uh, to be uh, dragged into something like that. The only thing I want to be dragged into right now is bring back our girls who are the victims of Boko Haram in Nigeria. I have been fighting this fight for almost four years. 276 girls were kidnapped from their dormitory in Nigeria by Boko Haram. Boko Haram split, and now one sect is with ISIS. And that multinational task force that was set up by Congress with Cameroon, mm. Chan, Nigeria, and Nigeria, yeah. my constituent was there, mm. sergeant, Justin was there on detail. He was not fighting. He was giving advice. Hmm. And he was killed and abandoned. And I feel guilty because this is what I do every Wednesday in Congress. Yeah. Bring back our girls. We wear red. We're concerned about Boko Haram being the most vicious terrorist organization in the world, and we never really hear about Boko Haram. Yeah. And Boko Haram and ISIS combined, and they killed
0: my son. You're, you mean Le David Johnson, Sergeant Johnson? La David. Um, congresswoman, you know, there my are just a... My co- role model son. My I understand. role model son. You were his, his mentor. I understand how long you, you go back with his family and you knew him from childhood. But there are some things that I just want to get straight and all about. all of his brothers uh, uh, and uh, all of his cousins. Yes, you're, you are, you're more than, obviously, their congressman, their representative, and they're more than your constituents. But, congressman, I do want to get a couple of details straight here because it sounds like there was a real disconnect in terms of what president trump was trying to say to sergeant johnson's wife and what you heard and so i just want to go to that point because we now know from general kelly and his remarks yesterday that the president came to him and said these calls are hard what do you think i should say and general kelly was able to share what the casualty officer told him and he shared with the president what he thought was an effective message so let me just play that moment uh, for you, of what General Kelly said,
3: he said, "Kel, um, he was doing exactly what when he was killed. He knew what he was getting into by joining the Mar- that one percent. He knew what the possibilities were because we're at war. And when he died." in the four cases we're talking about in aizer my son's case in afghanistan when he died he was surrounded by the best men on this earth his friends that's what the president tried to say to a fa- to four families the other day
0: so congresswoman when you hear general kelly say that the words he knew what he was getting into that sounds an awful lot like what you say the president said to sergeant johnson's wife does this does hearing general kelly change how you heard that conversation.
5: That is not a good message to say to anyone who has lost a child at war. You don't sign up because you think you're going to die. You sign up to serve your country. And when he says he died surrounded by his friends, he was abandoned. That did not apply to him. He was abandoned for two days for 48 hours. Yeah. Why? Why yes. didn't they pick him up and put him on their shoulders at, like they did the other fallen comrades? Yes, I understand. I and take him to safety. He could have still been alive. So, when you say he died surrounded by Well, he saw General Kelly, just to be clear. General Kelly there is,
0: is, is talking about his own son. He's talking about No, but we're the talking about the officer that told we're talking him about. that.
5: We're talking about a specific soldier, and when you, every soldier is different, and every family is different. And when you have a young mother who is six months pregnant with two small kids, you say, I am so sorry that you lost your husband, maisha Johnson, you call her by her name and you say your husband. You don't say your guy. They were married. And you say, I am so sorry. You have our deepest sympathy. If there's anything this nation can do to ease your pain as your president, please let me know. I am so sorry. That's what I would have said. And that's what he needs to practice to say. He doesn't need to talk about what people sign up for. That is
0: unconscionable. Um, he, General Kelly also said yesterday that he was absolutely stunned by your reaction, knowing from where he sits what the president intended, that he was stunned that you had misinterpreted it, according to him, and that he was stunned. He said he was also stunned that you would have listened in on that call because to him, those calls are sacred. Can you respond to that?
5: I wasn't listening in, I was in a car where a, where a call was being taken on a, on a, on a uh, speakerphone. I wasn't listening in. Don't, don't, don't please don't uh, characterize it as that. And um, I still go back to what I said from the beginning. Call her by her name. Maisha Johnson, call him by his name, Sergeant La David Johnson. He is not her guy. He is her husband, and that is the part that hurt her the most.
0: Mm. General Kelly. That is the part. Uh, something I think that it's important to bring up. General Kelly said that he was so stunned and frankly hurt by your words and your reaction that in order to gather his thoughts, he had to go to Arlington National Cemetery and he spent an hour and a half walking among the gravestones there of the people that he thinks, you know, have made, obviously, the biggest sacrifice and are the finest people in our country. And because he was hurt that way, I'm wondering if you have anything you'd like to say to General Kelly today.
5: To General Kelly, I have lost members of the Role Models Project In war before, during the Iraq war. We know what it is. We feel for you just like we feel for the David's parents and the David's wife. You have my deepest sympathy, but I would never say to you your son knew what he was signing up for. That would not be a part of my sympathy message to you.
0: How does this public fight that you're having with the President and now General Kelly, who called you out obviously yesterday, how does this end? Is it time for you all to get on a phone conversation? Is it time for you to speak to the President directly?
5: It, 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 it probably could end with the President reaching out to the members of the 5,000 role models of excellence boys. and helping me to make them good men in society instead of trying to degrade their sponsor who's working so hard every day to keep them on the right path, sending them to college and trying to keep them away from the criminal justice system. If he wants to help us, I sent uh, something to him with the Congressional Black Caucus. It's called the Commission on the Social Status of Black Men and Boys. It would help us if he helped make that a law and establish that commission in the White House, that would help our entire
0: community. And, and how about, Congresswoman, from your end? Are you willing to allow today that it's possible that you misinterpreted what the president's intentions were in that phone call to Sergeant Johnson's wife?
5: There's nothing to misinterpret it, to misinterpret. He said what he said. I just don't agree with it. I don't agree that that is what you should say
0: to a to, to grieving families. But in terms of his intention there, there not being callous, call- in terms of his intention not being callous, and maybe he got the tone wrong, but that, he, that you misinterpreted his intention or his callousness.
5: Did I miss, I I think my, what I, my intentions are not important in this today. This has to do with the family that's grieving. You, it's their intentions. They were hurt. I, 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 this is not uh, a question to ask me because uh, I can only imagine how she feels. And she was distraught that he kept saying, my guy, your guy. Not your husband, your guy. She said he didn't even know the David's name. So that, that was the most painful part. Can you tell and us? the Other most painful part is she still doesn't know why her husband was missing for 48 hours. Yeah. So let's get to the real basis of why all, everyone is so upset and everyone is so grief stricken. It has absolutely nothing to do with the phone call. It has a lot to do with um, what we're talking about now.
0: Can you tell us how they are today? I know that this is gonna be a very tough day for them, for Myesha and her children.
5: This is a very tough day for them. Everyone is trying to get through this. Everyone is tired of the back and forth of the uh, TV cameras. And uh, the only reason I came on this morning was to say that I do not appreciate someone lying on me. If you lie on me, I'm gonna answer because I'm not gonna let you get away with it. That's the way I teach my boys and that's the way I live my life. Don't lie on me. And also, we're hoping that Very soon, everything will calm down, and we will watch a new birth, a new baby born. Thank you,
1: Frederica. Frederica, thanks a lot. Bye. All right, welcome to the George Wilder Dooney Show on Blog Talk Radio out of the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois. Folks, we are in some trying times. We are in some dark times. We must fight for an America without hate. We must fight for an America without bigotry. We must fight for an America without racism. We must fight for our rights. We must fight to continue to be American. Some of those rights are being threatened taken away, but we have to get out here and fight the good fight, you know, and it has to be done, folks, it has to be in a non-violent way, we know how to do things non-violently, so let's go out and make our voices heard, fighting non-violently. All right. It seems like the, it seems as if the Republicans are afraid of the wave, the Democratic wave, the blue wave. They are nervous. They're shaking in their feet about it. They know if the, if the Democrats win the House and the Senate and if Trump is still in office, he will be impeached if the Democrats have the nerve to do that. They're, they're, they're calling for Trump's impeachment now. Some of them are. But uh, will they have the nerve or the spine or the balls to do it once they are in power to do so? That's that's the burning question. That's the burning question. Okay, GOP donors fret about dim wave. Okay, the donors like NRA and all these people, they're afraid that the Democrats are going to just bowl over the Republicans. And I I do think the Democrats are going to do that because we are. Are energized. I'm not a Democrat. I'm an independent. We are uh, uh, energized, and the Republicans and the Republicans know this. So this is why these guys are working overtime to try to suppress the vote, try to come up with ways to suppress the vote, to try to keep their asses in office. This is why the Trump administration is screwing around with the census, the 2020 census. If you've been following it. Okay, the donors are they're more afraid about the the blue wave than the actual Republicans are. And there is going to be a special election next month, April. In Arizona, and they're saying that this and this is a state, uh, this is a district that they say that Trump won. I mean, every district that he's ran run, he led by so far is now headed by a democrat i've said this before i mean a trump endorsement is a is the kiss, kiss of death maybe some of these republicans are believing it now maybe they still don't maybe they still cannot see the light but um uh, the, the republican national committee jumped into the race last week investing nearly three hundred thousand dollars in canvassing efforts because they want they want to try to keep that seat in arizona that's up for special election uh, next month. And also I'm I'm hearing that Daryl Isaac, he's resigning. Well, he's a scumbag and he should, you know, if a lot of these, I think it's about 31, 30, 31 to 35 Republicans resigning this year, 2018 uh, resigning. These people are jumping ship. Just like a lot of people don't want to work for Trump. They don't want to work under Trump. They're jumping ship. They don't give a damn who gets it. I mean, some of these Republicans who are jumping ship, they don't care if a Democrat takes it or not. They are just getting out. But I can tell you a lot. Of, I can tell you this: a lot of these Republicans that are resigning and quitting and giving up their office, you think they will be? Do you actually think they will be doing that if they were in debt, if they had a car payment, if they have a house payment, if their kids have to go to college and they have to pay the tuition for the children to go to college? Do you think they will be leaving these jobs broke? No, no. And that brings me to my another, my other, uh, uh, that, that brings me to say that they're taking the money and run. They've got their tax cuts. They're, they're rich. They're going to be, uh, their investments are, are secure. The, their, the money in the bank is secure. The money that they have overseas is overseas. Uh, uh, to hide from taxes are secure. Yeah, they they are, they would not, would you give up your job if you had bills to pay? No. Would a Republican give up their job if they know they had, would they quit and jump ship on Trump or jump ship uh, period if they had their, uh, if they had bills to pay? No, no, no. They're satisfied. They're satisfied. A lot of these guys and girls are quitting Uh, are jumping ship because they know that the probe is getting close to them. So they want to get out. And there's no doubt about it. Some of them don't want to work under Trump. And there is uh, a lot of them are getting out because they're corrupt and they don't want to get caught. Uh, But I would like to say this, if Trump is impeached and thrown out of office, if a a lot of these um, Republicans who are jumping ship think that The Mueller probe will not come after them because they're retiring or they're jumping ship. They're wrong. If Trump is impeached, if Trump resigns, he still will be held accountable for the crimes that he's committed while he was in office. That's that's the same thing that's going to go for some of these Congress. Uh, people, if they're resigning, if they're quitting their jobs, that doesn't mean that they're going to they're get off scot-free when they have handcuffs put on. It's not going to happen. Trump is going to be indicted in office or he will be indicted when he leaves office. But I'm thinking he's going to be indicted when while he's in office. 2020 is not going to be if trump is thinking about actually running in 2020 he shouldn't because he it, it would be a death bath he will lose he will lose pitifully he will be embarrassed by by the amount uh, uh, of votes he's going to be losing by and i don't care about an uptick in his in his uh approval ratings that means nothing To Stormy Daniels, who's gonna, and her lawyer who may nail him. That means nothing to Bob Mueller and his team when they're uh, investigating collusion, obstruction of justice, lying, criminality. That means nothing to them. You know, the approval ratings. This is uh, the law. And for so many months, he's been a office i think he's been in uh, president office he's coming up coming up on his second year as president of the united states and it's been awful and now donald trump is going after amazon can you believe that amazon it's been it's it's in a number of reports that's that's out he's coming after amazon and i've i've said that i said this donald trump's war on americans continues Anything that we like, anything that we love, anything that we enjoy, he's coming after. He He's coming after. Actually, I don't think he can do much. But anyway, as I've mentioned earlier on in the show, the stock at Amazon dropped because Donald Trump is trying to put his fingers in it. He wants to meddle in everything. He tried to meddle in the, in the NFL. The National Football League, he's tried to meddle in the national, the NBA, the national basketball. He wants to get his fingers he, in everything, everything that's tips, uh, tips in the restaurants. He wants to mess with that. The Internet, Facebook, anything that we enjoy, that where, there's a, where there's a lot of people who congregate and there's money, Donald Trump is going to try and uh, meddle in it. Even though it's none of his business, it's nothing he can do, but he's going to try and bully his way and dictate his way into affairs that is none of his business. Okay, this is Donald Trump going after Amazon. I mean, this is crazy. I remember when he was coming after Facebook users because we were saying so many negative things about him. He was coming after us. And and he may have our information through this um, Cambridge analytical firm that is tied to his campaign who hacked into 50 million Facebook users' accounts, and our information is probably out there. What he's going to do with that information, I don't know, Gary, to know that our information is in the hands of somebody like Donald Trump. He may know more about us than we know about ourselves. We, we don't know what the, their, Donald Trump and his goon, team of goons know about each and every one of us who are on Facebook and in social media some kind of way. Our information is out there. Facebook let us all down. They were uh, uh, supposed to protect our privacy, protect our information from getting out there. They did not. Who knows? Zuckerman may have been a part of this and lying his ass off and saying he he apologized when he was a part of this and made billions of dollars off selling our information from Facebook to uh, the Donald Trump campaign. You just cannot trust anybody. You know, this is a world where – this is the era of Donald Trump. This is the era of racism, white supremacy, hatred, lying. This is that – Criminality. This is the era of Donald Trump. This is what this is about. Anyway, let me get back. GOP donors fret about Democratic wave. Okay, the nation's top conservative donors and fundraisers are increasingly alarmed by the prospect of a midterm election wave that could... (laughs) that could cost Republicans control of the house and the Senate, because the Senate is, if you think about it, the Senate is just one seat away from democratic control, or maybe they're just saying, Hey, wow, the democratic, the, 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 the Senate, the Senate in the, uh, uh, in Congress is, uh, automatically gone, uh, taken over by Democrats. But anyway, uh, but the party's deep pocket donors aren't ready to abandon their efforts to keep the house in GOP hands. Uh, at least not yet. More than a half dozen senior Republican donors and in fundraisers interviewed by the Hill acknowledged that protecting the Senate minority might be might at some point become only a sensible a sensible investment for Republicans donors. You know the the donors, the Republican donors are the people who actually, own them, like the NRA, other gun lobbyists, they own the Republicans. You would think that we, the people who vote their asses in and give them their jobs, we are their bosses, but their donors are their bosses. Their donors, you know, a donor has one vote, but they feel that that their money is talking. The money is talking. When you uh, uh, talk about donors, but they are cringing at the thought of because they know that if Repub- if, if Democrats take this, uh, Donald Trump is through if he's not out before then. It's always that possibility. Hopefully that'll happen, but then people are saying, "Oh, if he goes, then we get Mike Pence." Yeah, that's true. If if, but but somehow I think Mike Pence is caught up in this Russia probe. I think he's caught up in this Russia investigation. I think his ass is going to be taken out. I also think Paul Ryan is caught up in this Russia investigation. I think he's going to be taken out. So if all of these people are taken out before the midterm elections, the next president um, of the House or of the United States may be Nancy Pelosi. If Mueller... Uh, ties in a lot of these people. I mean, Trump should not be the only one locked up and going to jail or maybe even being indicted. It should be a lot more of them. Mike Pence, Paul Ryan, even Mitch McConnell, these thug Republicans, these pathetic Republicans who can't govern their way out of a paper bag. Because, because myself and a lot of other people, a lot of other voters, we think it's going to be a blue wave. I'm not going to say Democrats are going to win every, every uh, state, local uh, race there is, but Democrats should. Of course, you know, that's wishful thinking, but I'm saying that Democrats will win the majority of all, win the majority of everything. Yeah, there's going to be some Republicans win this or win that around uh, on some of these small races, of course. I mean, you got enough people with hate and, and victor all to elect some of these idiots to be, to be in office. And a lot of times the Republicans are electing other Republicans who are going to uh, uh, make their lives worse. There's no doubt about that. And we should, um, a blue wave is coming and we should uh, prepare for it. I'm pretty sure the Republicans are pre- preparing for it because it's only a few months away now. It, it it feels like a lifetime when Donald Trump is president. It really does, because this dude, this guy, this dude, this guy, he can do so much more damage leading up to the midterms. He can do so much. Without even congressional approval, without even uh, the, the legislature, he can do so much with his with just his pen his executive orders. He can do so much with that, so much damage. But then once the Democrats win the Senate, take back the House of Representatives, they have—they can override a lot of the crap that Donald Trump has done. And if he's still in office, as I just got through saying, he will be impeached. The American people would demand that the Democrats, once they win back Congress, impeach Donald Trump. That's if he is still in office by then. Because I'm hearing that he could be indicted by, you know, at least before the end of the spring. Now, we've heard a lot of things about Donald Trump, and we wish a lot of things would come true. But somehow Donald Trump manages to dance his way out from under a lot of things. But Stormy Daniels is going to bring him down. Or the Russia investigation will bring him down or the money laundering the lying the obstruction of justice it is so much there to bring donald trump down and plus all the lawsuits um uh, that's in his ass and and, and judges uh, saying that these suits and depositions can go through on him that means he's going to have to appear in court or maybe his lawyer we're going to have to going to have to appear in court on his behalf but anyway it's n- this is not going to end good for Donald Trump when it ends. Let's say he makes it to 2020. <laughs> Let's say he makes it, but that doesn't mean uh, uh, it's over. It's over. It, it will never be over until Donald Trump is locked up in in handcuffs and his family and his friends and his goons and his thugs are out of the White House. Uh, It'll never be over until that happens. And like I said before, folks, it's it's gonna end bad for Donald Trump no matter how it ends. because uh, like I said before, I don't know how he gets through all of this. I think it's best uh, the best thing that Donald Trump can do is resign. is resign to save uh, America all this all of this bullshit. I think he should just resign. Uh, taxpayer money, but you know Nixon resigned when he knew when he knew he couldn't. <laughs> it, the fire was getting too hot. He resigned. What's wrong with Donald Trump? Why can't he resign? Why can't he just uh, and just save? Um, well, he can't because he doesn't feel anything. Okay. He's a narcissist. He's a fascist. Uh, he he loves to hear his name, even if it's if his name is in something that's negative, and that's. Uh, where it's been for the longest, something negative. Um, but I don't think it's gonna. I'm like I'm like Keith the over Keith Overman. I don't think it's gonna end uh, positive for Donald Trump. I really really don't. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. It is all about making the world a better place. Join me. Bush hits Trump. I go home. The George Wilder I Go home Show shoot. is now okay, on George, the air. Enough. It is all about making the world a better place. Join me. Didn't we do that already? All right, it's over. <laughs> okay. Um, jeff bush hits trump he's i'm quoting him i go home to children who actually love me is that saying that donald trump's children doesn't love him all right jeff took uh jeff bush uh one of uh he ran for president alongside donald trump donald won he lost uh he's saying that um okay jeff bush took a swipe at president President Trump during a talk at Yale University Tuesday saying he goes home every day to children who actually love me. The former Florida, that uh, that's a hit. The former Florida governor and Republican presidential candidate also joked that he was still in therapy from the 2016 election. <laughs> oh, that's, that's cold. Okay. Jeff Bush is insinuating or actually saying that Donald Trump his family doesn't love him. And in a in a way it seems like that could be true because Melania Trump is distancing herself from her husband maybe because of the Stormy Daniels uh 60 minute interview. And uh the world doesn't like him. The United States, California can't stand him, and he can't stand California. Uh because they're liberal. Uh he doesn't like Illinois either. He doesn't he doesn't like um people or states that doesn't like him that is not presidential that is not what president a president is supposed to be about when it uh especially in the united states so donald trump is the wrong kind of guy to be in, be in the white house we all know that but this latest jab i'm pretty sure trump is going to tweet something back going <laughs> something nasty uh this guy is just something else um It's always something. So Jeb Bush took a swipe at the president and saying that, um, when he goes home, he goes home to a family that loves him, uh, insinuating that Trump has no family that he, Trump has a family, but they don't like him. Nobody likes Trump. I mean, Trump doesn't give a damn if you like him or not. You know, he, he's what he is and he should not be in, he's a fake president to me because, uh, I think he cheated to get in, to get in office. Uh, he won the electoral vote, and I'm still my head My head is still swinging around that because Hillary Clinton picked up the popular vote, which should have been counted, but it wasn't uh, uh, to some effect like that. And I do think they should actually get rid of the uh, electoral college vote. I, I still don't understand it. I don't understand it. how could something like that beat out. Uh, the popular vote which was close to 303 million people who voted and we got this clown this buffoon this orangutan in the white house he doesn't care he 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 doesn't care he uh, you know i mean there's a lot of other people saying a lot of things that are a lot worse (laughs) than me uh, then the george wilder junior show all right you've been listening to the george wilder junior show folks it's been fun it's been great we're almost off the air and um i want to say happy spring break to all those uh kids out there who are on spring break and uh, have a happy safe uh, uh spring break out there but have fun but have fun I me mean, especially to the um to the graduating seniors out there have fun be careful Um, um, and that's coming from the George Wilder Jr. Show. Happy spring break to all of those kids, even the college kids who are out there, uh, on spring break. Um, be careful, have fun. (laughs) I was going to say something else, but I better not. Okay. Um. The George Wilder Jr. Show is on the air. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're not gone yet, but we will be gone. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the show so far. We will be right back after this.
2: the roses if the bombs begin to fall never, never saw heaven mm. help the black man if he struggles one more day Ever help the white man if he turns back away heaven help he the man who kicks the man who's a crawl I love the side.
1: A new fight with California. We'll find out what that's about, folks, and we'll get back to you on it tomorrow. Uh, Jeb Bush hits Donald Trump. I go home to children who actually love me. Wow, that's a slap in the face. That's saying that he doesn't have kids who love him. Who does? <laughs> who does love him? All right, you've been listening to the George Wanda Jr. Show, everybody. I want you to have a great evening, a great weekend, whichever's coming forward. I want you to join me tomorrow and every day on the George Wilder Jr. show right here on Block Talk Radio, everybody. Have a safe evening. Have a safe weekend. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Uh.
2: Mm. Piece of garbage. Okay, we, we again, I just gotta go.